You are listening to the Cuss Running Podcast, a podcast where we talk to a diverse array of runners from trail, ultra, and road. And we believe that running should be fun and everyone belongs. Run as you are. Today's guest on the podcast is Nick Pham. Nick is an ultra runner and an activist and all around just really, really rad person doing cool work in the world. So enjoy. Nick, thank you so much for being on. How about we start with you just telling us a little bit about yourself? And then how you got started with running. Oh, gosh. Um, Open-ended questions. I forgot how stressful <laughs> those can be. Um, and yeah, actually, let's start, starting with like how I got into running, I feel like sounds like it's going to be an introductory question, but really that like dives right into the deep end. So. Right into it. I love it. Let's go. <laughs> let's go then. Okay. Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, I started running to uh, support my mental health. It was something that was like recommended by... Um, I'm psychiatrist and my therapist at the time. Um, and I remember just being like, this just sounds, you know, absurd. Like how is exercise? Like I'm really supposed to like fix this problem. (laughs) Unhappy. I'm just, there were so many things, right? It just sounded impossible. They were also telling me things like it would help if you would just breathe, you know, and other (laughs) things that I was just like, that also sounds absurd of why that would be helpful also years later with like meditation I'm like oh yes breathing that amazing surprisingly um but uh, yeah so I I started um to support my mental health and it was incredibly helpful so it came um you know alongside my um my therapy journey as well um Mm -hmm. and I tie it right along with my um identity as being non-binary because I came out um while I was in the um inpatient hospital um where I was like first introduced to running and I ran or ran I went um one mile on the elliptical like while I was in the hospital like after they told me that I should start this running journey and I was like I'm gonna give it a try right here so that was kind of like I started right away wow it's all sort of in the same thing so that sort of the idea of being like out as a non-binary person and starting this journey in like physical activity and running and movement um they feel like they happen like right exactly at the same time interesting Um, there are things to me that I say like I can't separate this identity from this sport of something that I do and I need to be able to bring all of that with me through all Mm. of it yeah I feel like that idea has kind of been like central to sort of like my running journey sort of how it kind of began from that space but um yeah running is my um is my therapy and I always say that with a caveat (laughs) is not you know I have an actual therapist as you should as well (laughs) yes yes I love that that's so interesting and mainly because I interviewed um Ori uh, a couple episodes back non-binary as well and they very much like their journey kind of correlated with getting into running more and marathon running and coming out as non-binary so it's like that's being part of both your journeys is super interesting I could see how you would struggle to like take the identities apart and but why should you really no absolutely and and I think too it was really important because um as a trans person and just kind of being in this space of being really uncomfortable with my body in so many ways and wanting to reject the body that I was in in so many ways it 
it gave me a space of saying, well, here are the things that I, I love about my body. Here are the things that I'm grateful that it does for me. Here are the things that make me feel powerful. Or um, it gave me a way to still be in touch with my body in the present space and um, allowed me to like make peace with myself in so many ways too. So I think there's so much about like our coming out journey of even just understanding ourselves and um, what that means to be like in a trans body. Yeah. Um, we're running can provide so much of that healing space for it too so um it was one of those things where it was just like so much about being trans in public feels really uncomfortable but like put my running shoes on like then none of it matters anymore anyway and I'm just I'm in a different space with it yeah absolutely well you know I have some other like easy questions for you but we're just gonna <laughs> jump right into it you know there's there's a narrative in running and ultra running and trail running that running should not be political you know we shouldn't which we shouldn't bring all these narratives into it and we should you it, you can just run and you know whatever um what is your response to that i mean is anything not political i mean my body is political my very existence is political i mean i am both indigenous and i am both immigrant and i um you know like it, it's I'm here in America because of American politics, you know, which are, mind you are being played out right now in another war that mimics the very war that brought my family here in the first place. Like nothing about my existence is unpolitical. So how can anything that I do be unpolitical? And if it requires me to bring up politics to even just say, can I run with you? Then like, everything is political you know what I mean like I don't know yeah I that's what I would just say about that <laughs> does it ever feel like you know exhausting to feel like you're the person that has to bring up the issue and educate others about it Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'll be perfectly honest that sometimes I don't have the capacity to do so, or sometimes I don't feel safe to do so. Sometimes I literally am not safe to do so and I have to be quiet and um, that can be really frustrating as well. Um, and I think that's another reason why it's really important to be so outspoken in some of the places that I am or the ways that I am because it can help make space for other people to use their voices in other spaces. And um, one of the main things that I think about in my activism is that um, it's not my job to do all the things, but it's my job to speak up in the communities in which I do have a voice and to bring along the people that I do have connections with. So um, that's my, gonna be my inner circle. That's gonna be the people I interact with. That's gonna be the places that I can speak out in. And, um, you know, allow myself to choose that place, those places where I just need to enact safety, you know, yeah. all absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I have made it my goal this year because I've been pregnant for basically the past three years and I'm getting back into ultras this year. It's my thing. Um, but I also, as part of that was like, well, I'm going to be really choosy about the races that I do. And like, if the race directors don't have the policies I feel like they should have, I'm not doing their race. So I go to Senate for my first race. And of course they have no policies. And I was like, oh, but I really, like, I really want to do this race. <laughs> like, this is just, I really want to do it. And so I decided to email the race director, very receptive, enacted policies. Yay, I'm running the race. But I don't understand how race directors are existing today, unaware that these policies need to be in place, right? Like that feels... Like, do I just have to contact every race director? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I mean, I think that um, 
I'm writing that space and I'm, I'm getting a little burnt out by it. You know, yeah. I'm, I kind of came into the running space because I started to try to sign up for races and realized, oh, I actually, I couldn't in some, some places. And mm-hmm. that I would be in some ways just surprised by this barrier. Like, what do you mean you don't have a non-binary category in a state in which I can have non-binary on my driver's license? Like, why can't yeah. I run here? <laughs> like, this just doesn't seem to correlate to me. Um, so I, you know, and then I would, same as you, I would, I would email a race director and I would get a, you know, positive response here. We make a change. Wonderful. You know, but then I'd have to start from ground zero at every single one and um that just gets exhausting and I think that's you know part of the reason why I'm moving into this space of um celebrating the races that are doing the work because um there are people I think that have the capacity to keep emailing these race directors mm-hmm. and um I just can't do this like one-off like whack-a-mole game anymore and I'm also just really not I think effective in that space because I'm getting to the, I'm I'm at this point where I'm just angry about it like yeah. <laughs> read the news like read the room catch up here you know like the, the conversations are being had um I went and I spoke at the U.S. trail running conference mm-hmm. and it seems like there's like a handful of people who get it and then there's like a handful of people who are like I've heard of that non-binary thing I was thinking about it um and then there's some other people who are just like hands off, hands down, just don't want to deal with it. And, um, and yeah, I'm just frustrated. I yeah. think by like, by just standing in a room of people and I'm feeling like I need to try to convince them mm-hmm. to allow me to participate or to convince them that the people who are running in that same division as me, um, deserve equal prizes and awards as everyone else who is competing, that we are just as competitive, that we are just as worthy, that there is nothing lesser than just because our division is smaller. Like, I just, I'm tired of convincing people of that, you know? So there's yeah. like the case where I'm just like, I'm just going to throw a pride party at places, <laughs> places that are, that are, that are doing the work, that are comfortable, yeah. that are safe, right? Like, I'm just, I'm just going to celebrate the ones who are doing it well. Yeah. It's been amazing. I mean, it wasn't something that I expected when I got into race direct just how not diverse the race directing space is because running is a very diverse sport lots of people run but race directing oh my gosh and there's not a whole lot I I can personally do to change that I tell people like if you want me to mentor you I will mentor you I want more people in this space because it can only make it better but oh my gosh like and then I learned that not this year at ATRA but maybe the year before they taught a thing about diversity and it was a cis white male teaching about the diversity and I was just like who made this executive decision who made it and I've been on conference calls with ultra sign up and the president of ATRA and me getting mad at the president of ATRA for being ridiculous quite frankly and I just like who who's we had to change looking up here for even for it to trickle down you know ATRA is pretty white cis. Like all the large organizations are the same way. And I'm like, how do you infiltrate that? That seems overwhelming. We're not going to figure that out today. I'm going to love you a softball now. <laughs> I'm going to love you a softball. So you started running. Did you start out road running or did you immediately find trail and ultra? 
Um, you know, I was doing road running for like a hot minute. I had um, a 5k on road. That was just like a little local race that I did. Um, and then the next time that I went to go do their race, it was uh, the pandemic had hit. So then oh. it started mm. virtually. Um, so by that point, I had started like running on trails just to escape people on the roads. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of just avoided the whole road scene. Um, um, I did a half marathon in the mountains, like on a trail. Um, and um, and then I sort of skipped the whole marathon scene. So oh, then fun. straight from a half marathon to a 100K um, oh. and just kind of was like, let's just go straight for the ultra. So um, just dove in head first. <laughs> That's quite, what was the like time gap between half marathon and 100K? It was quite a while. I mean, okay. a lot of that is because there's so much fight about getting into races, you mm -hmm. know? So if I have to um, like be emailing race directors or be emailing platforms or like all of the the connectors just to be able to create a non-binary division in which my binary gender isn't going to be revealed to the public like mm -hmm. there were so many emails back and forth to make sure that kind of thing wouldn't happen um before I could even say this feels comfortably for me for me to participate in this race and um there are just so many hoops so a lot of it was really waiting for ultra sign up to finish their um second wave of that second mm -hmm. phase of uh signups because otherwise before that they were manually changing our our gender yeah yeah and you know that helps for like results in the end but there were just there are a lot of hiccups within that and there was a lot of like places where another gender would be used in instead mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, being able to have like streamlined information, um, it, it took a while to wait for that. So there was like a year in oh, between wow. and, um, basically what happened was I did the hundred K at, um, Bristow at 2023 Bristow. And so it's just a flat, like one mile loop course oh, nice. so it's like run however many miles you can in 24 hours. So like I had a lot of opportunities to sort of like, do it at my own pace no cutoffs you know what I mean so like most yeah. people would like on a 100k course have many cutoffs within that time frame so yeah. that's one of the beauties about a race like that um and and why I'm hosting it you know another thing at Bristow but because of the 24-hour setup just really allows for people to um explore ultra distances or to be able to explore their own potential without sort of the um, I don't know. I think the pretentious sort of idea of like these really strenuous cutoffs and mm -hmm. in in places that make places make races just like really for only the elite or really only about the fastest people rather than like inviting diverse people or people from various backgrounds or various experience levels uh, to still participate in the ultra world. And I understand, you know, permit wise and mountain wise and whatnot why certain cutoffs are in place obviously for safety and whatnot but um in general I think sometimes it's hard to find races where there's like uh, cutoffs that allow people to experience a distance for the first time in which maybe they're not gonna you know be the fastest people out there yeah absolutely and timed events like that it's such a good community because you see everyone over and over you see everybody's highs and lows and whatever it's such a great dynamic that most people when they first think of those races like i have to run a one mile loop for 24 hours think it sounds awful but it is the most fun events it's my favorite event that we host as our timed event and it's 
Amazing. How would you say that your first ultra went? Um, yeah, it was just like that. It was one of those things that I went in thinking it was going to be horrible mm-hmm. and it ended up being so much fun because of that community dynamic. And, yeah. and I, I found this race because I had seen that y'all had done a similar dynamic mm-hmm. of that timed event. Mm-hmm. And I was curious about the model of it. And so I yeah. found that Go Baron Racing had a similar event. So that's basically how I got to it. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's interesting that you even brought that up just because I was like, oh, that sounds like a cool dynamic. Like, I love the community that y'all brought into that space it just sounded like you have had so much fun and so I was like I'm I need to try something like that I was basically in this space where I was afraid that um because the training that I wasn't really getting done um I wasn't going to be able to make cutoffs for other races yeah. and so I was like this is probably going to be the only place that I can try some of these distances so I just I thought I'd give it a wild go and I invited a bunch of queer friends and we ended up being able to see each other. Yeah, like every single lap, it didn't matter. And we were all at different paces and distances. Um, some of us ran 24 hours, some of us ran six hours and we got to see each other and run with each other. And um, that felt really special. And so mm-hmm. I feel like I went like maybe the first 12 hours without really even noticing that it was like work or hard <laughs> or you know anything that I didn't really wanna do. Um, but it was kind of that second half of the race that I was like, oh yeah, we're doing an ultra today, huh? Like, this is <laughs> I have to keep going. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're still doing this. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, it was actually, it was super fun. I got to invite, um, a friend of mine from Dirtbags Run. Her name's Rebecca. She's one of the co-founders of the group. Um, they are a team of Black, Indigenous, and people of color trail runners who um, are working towards advancing diversity and equity in sports. And um, so she got to come out and it was really special. Um, to have her pace me and um she's just like she's done a ton of ultras herself and she got to bring that team energy that was from um like our pastors backs experiences together and had like the team cheering like through text messages that they were sending her um so I feel like I just had a lot of support and um even though I was just sort of out on that loop course by myself and just me and her sort of in some of those like night miles it felt like there was just so much energy to support us and so many people around us to cheer us on so um, yeah, I feel like it was kind of like the ideal first ultra experience and it ended up being a lot easier than I thought, like the idea of a hundred K ever would have been. <laughs> yeah. So is that your goal again this year is a hundred K? Actually the goal this year is a hundred miles. Um, it just sounds sort of wild to even say, because one, I've never done a hundred miles, let alone a hundred miles in 24 hours. So yeah. It's a pretty absurd goal, but it's also like last year I did a hundred K and that's one of the most absurd things I'd ever done before then either. And you know, a hundred miles isn't that many more, like that many more (laughs) (laughs) for the audio. I'm doing air quotes because this is a ridiculous, (laughs) I understand this, but sometimes, you know, I just have to like put something really crazy out there because I'm fine with not making it. It's just like, I need to put something really big out there to keep me striving for it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if it's too easy, then I'll just, I'm not going to work for it. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not, you know, I need, I need something really big and strenuous to say like, okay, I've really got to work towards this. Yeah. Yeah. You need something just, just attainable enough to keep pushing you in the trail and ultra space is there like a big dream goal that you'd be like this would be really rad to accomplish this 
Um, okay, yes. So I'm just yep. gonna put this out into the universe. Yes. Um, Go Beyond Racing did their inaugural Oregon 200 race mm-hmm. uh, in 2023, and it was incredible. Um, I went and I paced um, my teammate Phyllis Stanley from Dirtbox oh. Run. <laughs> And she plays third female overall. And um, she just did so great. And it was so cool to be out there and to other and to volunteer at the aid stations as well. It was such a cool event. Um, and there was one non-binary person and they're coming back again to do it this year. And I'm really excited for them. And I really want to be the next non-binary person to do it. And I would love more people to join me, obviously. Like, please, oh my God, please come out and join me. But also like, I want to get out there on course. I love that they have a non-binary division and um, I don't know how many there are of us running at like that far of a distance, but like, please come out and join. I would love it. Love the support and love <laughs> if we had a whole bunch of people out there, but it's such a beautiful course. So that's kind of this dream goal, right? I can't do it this year because that is insanity. Um, but so that's kind of what I'm building up to, right? So I'm going to do a hundred miles this year on flat yes. and then potentially do a hundred miles in the mountains I'm doing um mountain lakes 100 in September okay and then by the year after that we'll be ready for Oregon 200 so that's my goal (laughs) I love that I love the 200 miler I remember even when that race was happening like you were posting a bunch of it you're supporting your person and then I go back out into my world and I'm living maybe a couple days have gone by and then they're still out there just doing, you know, like that's like, I love those long events, especially um, I've done a multi-day event. I've done a 314 mile race before. Oh God. And I just, what? yes, I love the human beings on the other side, just tracking because they're just keep living their lives and then coming back to this little tracker and they're like, oh, yeah, they're still going. They're still, I had athletes doing 200 milers this year that I coach and I'm just like going to sleep, waking up the next day. Oh, you're still Oh, you're still running. Okay. Good for you. You're still suffering. It's so funny, but those events are amazing because they're, you just learn so much about yourself. I mean, a hundred miler distance, not my favorite distance, quite honestly, personally, I get why people love it, but like the multi-day events were like, you are just really pushing yourself physically and mentally. I'm the biggest, biggest fan of. So I love that goal. That is an excellent. I also just want to put this out there for anybody who's just listening and saying like Mm -hmm. that sounds wild I would never do 200 miles I invite you just to come out and crew or pace or um, volunteer at an aid station for the race because not only do we need like a million volunteers to make like a five-day running event happen um, out in places where there's like no internet service but um, it you learned so much about yourself about other runners about how people get through really dark really really hard places um but also I learned so much just about like oh here's some things that you can do with GI distress here's some things you could do with this like crazy wild foot thing that I've never seen happen before or like here's different ways that you can put your shoe back together when it's fallen apart on course or I just like learned so much about different ways to do ultra so even if I'm not ready for the 200 like people were just teaching me so much invaluable information and I felt like it was like a master course that I just took I was like taking notes you know Mm -hmm. like um so I I learned so much information and I feel like that just gave me the chance to say well maybe I could do 100 miles like now that I know how to do all this stuff I feel like I've seen something 
even what more wild that a hundred seems tame in comparison to what I saw these superhumans do out on course for five days. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I could do a hundred. That's half of what these people did, right? Like, yeah, okay, that's nothing, right? So I yeah. kind of put things in perspective, and it sort of made this like really crazy dream just seem like I'm just gonna put myself out there. And I think you know sometimes we just need something that's gonna say like you know like just just go for it you know yeah so yeah come out and 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 volunteer <laughs> yes always go and volunteer volunteering is way more fun than actually running at the event because you get to <laughs> everyone wants to stay at the aid station that's what everyone wants to do because that's the real fun in community that you actually have to run the miles to earn the aid station no thanks yeah no thanks <laughs> Always, always choose the volunteering. Okay, since you found Trail and Ultra, have you gone back to road running at all? Oh, no, absolutely no. not. Yeah. <laughs> There's just something about road running that makes me feel very, like, exposed. I mean, I think mm. that in general, there's a lot of, like, safety concerns, but also, like, um, I, yeah, I just feel like I can't concentrate. And as soon as I get on trail or as soon as I'm out in nature, like everything around me just like quiets and mm -hmm. I can, just, I can concentrate or I can relax or I can get back into, you know, like running for me is like this meditation space and I can't do that on, on a road, like on a city of the people around, you know, like, <laughs> no, like the trees, there's just like, yeah, I need, I need nature. Um, you know, and I think that's another thing that's like, it's so frustrating to me when um, when races or just places in general are not welcoming into like trans or non-binary people because I'm like, we of all people need nature, you know, mm -hmm. like BIPOC people need nature. Like this is just like something that you can't gatekeep from us, but also like, like white people, what are you like needing space to like calm down from? Like, you know, like this is a space that we really need this healing for. Mm -hmm. And um, it just, it's something that I'm like such an advocate of making sure that people have access to trail because no offense, but like F road running. <laughs> um, no, but I will say in all seriousness, I'm sorry that I don't know where that came from, but um, I do like do some like road, um, like small races. Like we have local like um, foot store, like, uh, shoe stores will put on like a local race or whatever and we'll do their like half marathons and stuff like we did their holiday half because they yeah. put gingerbread cookies at the aid stations with the water and I just think that's cute as hell I love <laughs> you're not getting themed races like that out on the trails you're not getting <laughs> I, cute little themed aid stations I do love themed shit like give me anything <laughs> for a costume I'm there I mean that's another thing for Bristow because like when you have like it's it's a mile loop. You can change costumes so many times. <laughs> I wore your crest running shirt while I was out yes. there. I was because I was trying to be like, I'm gonna wear every trans t-shirt I have yes, every single race. Piece. So I'm just like <laughs> every few miles was just like a rotating t-shirt. So it's so good. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. I'll have to tell my wife that she'll be excited. My wife designs all of our stuff. So she'll be oh, I really love soon. that design. It is so good. Yeah, I forget. She's gonna be like annoyed that I can't remember the name of the it's Bauhaus style. Bauhaus style. I'm gonna mess that up. She's gonna be like, why didn't you know that? But no, yeah. wait, you can you can cut that part out and then the part you out. record you like saying exactly what it was. I'll make myself sound really smart on that one. <laughs> I love to do that. I love to do that. Um, you know, for me in our community, like it's all queers and allies, right? Like you don't show up to a cuss event. And it's not that because <laughs> I put the language out there, those people don't show up to my events. But I would imagine I have a lot of people that listen to this that are allies that are unsure of how to help create safe spaces, like what their responsibility should be, how they can make it safer for us. And what would your comments on that be? 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point, right? Like everybody who knows that they're coming to a press event, like knows like what community they're showing up for, like knows what's appropriate knows that like, you know, that, that they're showing up to create that safe space. Like they're meeting a community guideline. Right. Mm -hmm. And that really starts with the intention that you set about like your company, about who you are, about the kind of community that you welcome. Mm -hmm. I've been really loud and proud about that. And I think that's super important because I think that sometimes people really kind of like want to welcome us in quietly, or maybe kind of want to pretend like we were always here and we were always welcome. So they don't want to make this thing about it being like a new that we're welcome, right? I get it. You're trying to like save face for PR, whatever, get over yourself. Like, I think it's just really important to be loud and proud about welcoming us in and being repetitive about that. So for me, like on a small scale, like run clubs, for example, because that's a really easy way to get direct contact with people in your community. And if you're trying to welcome people who are you know of diverse places like you need to be specific and and repetitive to say that they're welcome because not only are you trying to communicate to those individual people but you're communicating to your community of who you're welcoming in and how you will have zero tolerance for people who do not also welcome them in wholeheartedly and then you need to uphold that like right in person at those events as well so protecting those people making sure they're feeling welcome making sure they're feeling included part of the group and that you're meeting their individual needs if any of those are specific to them um I think I was talking about this at the US Troll Conference and I think this kind of went over people's heads <laughs> and you know maybe this is this is wild right but I'm I think it starts with like how are you individually voting how are you showing up in your community individually like when I'm talking to race directors and they're saying like I want to include LGBTQ people I want to include BIPOC people then I want to know like well, how are you voting? How are you showing up in your community to make sure that like in general, outside of running, how are we safe in the same community in which you feel safe in, right? Like, are we just as supported and welcome and included in schools? Are we just as supported and welcome and included in community sports? Are we just as um, our voices equally supported and represented in your local community government, right? Because those are going to create the atmosphere in which runners are coming into. So it kind of, it really starts with like, are you creating a safe place for us to even exist in the town in which you want me to drive a car and park and leave it there mm -hmm. overnight? Like, I mean, you know, there's like a whole lot yeah. of really basic safety things here, you know, like we talk about some of these really big races, like Western States, which one of the entrances that you have to pass through has um, a Confederate flag, right? Okay. And we're asking people to to just endure this experience um, in order to experience this race. And maybe for a certain percentage of people, that's never bothered them or they've never considered that or that's never something they've even noticed. And it's also another thing to say to other people, well, that's something that you have to endure to experience this environment, right? So I think it's really important when we're talking about like, where, what is the community in which your race is in? What are you doing to be active in that community to make it more welcoming for us? Yeah, that's a brilliant point. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. You know, I had a conversation in, a few years back, I went down and ran the Yeti 100, which is in Damascus, Virginia. Amazing race director, Jason Green, creates awesome community as a white cis man in the world. He's doing the best that he can does an amazing job and it's a beautiful area of the country and I went down ran it 
I went, we checked in our Airbnb, my wife and I, and the Airbnb, the house next door to us covered in Confederate flags, covered in Trump flags. And just, we are from the South. Like this is not something we are unaccustomed to, but it having moved out and then going back, it felt so gross. Like it just put us like a pit in our stomach. And then I have to go run this race with no phone, like ability, like there's just no cell coverage. And I'm worried for her. I'm worried she's out there. Something's going to happen to her. She's worried for me. So I finally get down to like the 50 K point and like neither one of us could get out of our heads. And I couldn't get out of my head. I dropped out of the race. I was like, I can't, I don't want to do this. I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe with her out here. And I called Jason afterwards and I was like, Hey, just say like, you may want to warn people. Cause this was very upsetting for me as someone who like is from the South and like knows this shit but this is upsetting. And like, even, you know, uh, Barkley fall classic, the Barkley, I trained on those trails a lot. Cause I'm from that area. I mean, just Confederate flags, just line, <laughs> you know, that area that you're going in through. And it's just, people don't see it and they don't understand how that can impact your headspace in a race of just being like, well, those people are on the trails. It's fine here. Like, you don't know who I'm going to come across in any given area, who I'm going to be exposed to, you know, like, we were in Tennessee all summer and my first time back, we're in a grocery store. I am now with my child in a grocery store, my, with my one-year-old and I get accosted in the store. And I was just like, like, I, I just can't have that. Like, it's one thing for me to put myself in an unsafe situation. You know, that's fine. It's a very like obvious, you know, I'm not exposing my child to this. I'm not going to places that are now unsafe for my child to be in me to be unsafe with my child like I don't know how somebody's gonna be angry and people don't see that and they do say that narrative of like oh it's fine it's just a trail like no no you're not feeling unsafe where I'm at like it is so unpleasant and so I love that even going back to the consideration like what is the actual community like and then taking it back further that's such a great point because you know it's like you can't show up and just see me as human outside of running and understand how like all of this is impacting me on a global scale like then I don't want to show up at your race, <laughs> you know, like I just don't. And I, and I choose not to. And I think it's really important too, especially like it's, um, it's January. We are heading into another horrendous legislation. Just one Iowa. <laughs> um, and you know, some states have already started the horror that we were seeing. Um, but it's not just trans youth who mm -hmm. under attack, um, uh, many of the bills that are being proposed this year are targeting um, people up to the age of 21. Um, so we're talking about like restricting adults from gender affirming health care. Um, so we're talking about bills that are targeting a group of people just for existing. Um, and it's really important to me that like the people that um, are saying like, you, we want you at our races like we we want to include you I want to know that like you're showing up for me in all ways like because I can't exist in this state if the state is making it unsafe for me to be here right mm -hmm. and also like if I'm from a safe place like I'm not going to travel to your state yeah. <laughs> as a trans non-binary person you know I was talking to some race directors I'm like you know I have to look up on a map to see if I'm allowed to use the restroom legally mm -hmm. in your mm -hmm. state you know so yeah. I think that that's something that you should maybe start to address publicly or within your community um and try to start to make voice for and make space for um 
so that we can show up wholeheartedly so that we can feel safe to be in your community. And I really need allies right now. So mm -hmm. if you want to say like, I want you to feel welcome here. I need your support this ledge session. <laughs> like right now, here is yes. how I need you to be an ally. Let's go. <laughs> yes. I love you made such a good point earlier that I, I'm going to be using in my narrative when I talk to other race directors, but like, no, you need to be proud <laughs> about mm -hmm. having these policies. That is such a great way of saying it. Like if you're, because I have talked to race directors and when I do talk to them, I always preface it like, hey, you put this out there, you were going to face criticism. You were going to face criticism and you need to be comfortable with that and accept that by making these policies, there are people that are not going to show up at your races and you just need to be okay with those people not showing up. And yeah, like, fuck those people is what I'm really saying, you know, but like, <laughs> fuck those people. Um, but like, they need to be proud. So it's not just that you've enacted the policy, like you do need to be putting it out there and Absolutely. be proud. Like you should be proud. Duh. And if you're not feeling proud of your policies, I want you to like sit back and think about why. And maybe it means that you need to be doing more mm -hmm. in your policies to allow us to feel more inclusive, right? Because maybe something's feeling a little off when you're trying to say it out loud and be proud about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not proud about it, like maybe just do some self-reflection and, and then be proud about it. Duh. Because <laughs> we're rad people and you're only making events better and the world better as a whole. So you should obviously lean into that. But I love that. I'm going to use that in the narratives that I have with race directors because I get reached out to a lot and I'm happy to do it from other race directors being like, what should I do here? I don't know what to do. And I'm like, okay, cool. You're reaching out to me. I love that. I will help you. But like, yes, you have to be proud about it. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, it's like, you know, you mentioned you were running with Yeti and I only know about that race company, even though I'm not running in Damascus, Virginia. Right. But yeah. because they're proud and they're mm -hmm. loud about it. And I know all the way from Oregon, because this company is saying like, look, we are really inclusive and we want you to be here and we're reaching out to people and we um, are really proud about this and they're going to stand true to this. And so I found them through that messaging. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's really important. Like that will take you really far. <laughs> well, he's got a race in Washington, you know, the Yeti 100 there. He's got it in Washington. It's a good little event. It's a good little event. I'll go ahead and plug his races because I love him. Um, okay. What was my final question? And see, this is when I really just cut it out. Here, I mean, I'll I ask you a final question. Oh, will you come to Bristow in Oregon? I mean, I think that it's wonderful. Right. It's a family event. When is Bristow in Oregon? It is June 15th, um, so it's right in the middle, smack dab in the middle of Pride. They have Ooh. camping on site, and um, it's it's a wonderful event. Um, we'd love to have you. <laughs> you know, it may not be on my agenda this year because I have a thing that I'm planning. Um, I'm planning like a journey run with a bunch of people, like a DIY Ragnar, but next year, I'm going to yeah. put it on my radar for next year. Yes, plant. I'm just planting the seeds. Yes, no. that's it. Make sure people are aware. Yes. Yes. Season. But if you are in the area, go this year. Yeah. For sure. So you can make it out. Join this year. Um, but yes, definitely. Well, we're gonna make it happen every year. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Nick, I appreciate you so much. I feel honored that you came on mine because I have bugged you a little bit about it, you know. And I just think you're a really rad person. I admire and respect you so much. And I know it takes a lot of energy to do what you do. Um so I just want to say, I see you 
you're doing Thank amazing you so much for holding space for having conversation <laughs> for letting me get in my soapbox and ramble <laughs> I appreciate that for being patient with me um but no it was really, really great to chat finally I'm so glad that we did this awesome awesome Nick well you have an amazing day thanks you too